This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Erica McCall. Erica, how's it going? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's just let's just go into a, a recap of uh, your season. I know it just came to an end, um, I, but you did have career highs in pretty much everything this year. You played, you started more games than you ever did. So, what, what was your overall experience this year? Man, the experience was 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 great for me. I mean, it didn't end the way we wanted to end. We didn't make playoffs, of course, but for me, this was my best season of my career, um, the best situation of my career coming to, to D.C. And, and being with a team and the culture that they have was really good for my mindset, my confidence, and which I believe ultimately led to me having my best uh, season of my career. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, always, you know, obviously always the goal is, you know, to make the playoffs and go for a run like that. But I want to also just take it to, to last year in the bubble. Obviously, it was a weird year. Um, but you actually had even a crazier experience, I would say, because you were, I, I believe you're on three teams technically, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I got waived from Indiana um, back May or March or something like that, like right when quarantine like began. And so I was just on the grind back at home working out. And then the bubble, I was like looking at social media and everyone was going to the bubble and all that. I'm like, man, like, I can't wait to like get back into this league. And then about three days or four days after, like the teams got into the bubble, I got a call from Atlanta um, saying that they, they wanted me, coach Nikki called me and uh, I was like, okay. And she was like, can you be here tomorrow? And I was like, uh, sure. So packed up all my stuff, um, flew from Bakersfield to Florida and was with Atlanta. Well, first I was first I was the first ever like free agent like to come in from the bubble. Yes. So that was like a crazy experience because they didn't really know. They didn't really have like a protocol. Like I was like the test dummy. So I was in quarantine for like. Originally, they kept saying I was supposed to be in quarantine for four or five days in my hotel room. And then I would come out and then test and they would extend the day and extend the day, extend the day. So I think I was in quarantine, like true quarantine for eight days. Like it was I literally felt like I was in prison. Like they knocked on the door. They like slid my food <laughs> to me. <laughs> I was doing my push ups in my room, my prison push ups. It was it was wild. Um, and so, yeah, I finally got a quarantine and got to practice and play one game with Atlanta. So I was with them for about like 10 days. And then after they had to cut me because people were coming back from COVID. And so that's when, uh, like less than 24 hours later, Minnesota called me and I joined Minnesota, like on the bus 10 minutes after coach Reeves <laughs> told me I was on the team. She was like, can you make the bus? <laughs> in 10 minutes, I'm like, uh, sure. Like, did, took the quickest shower of my life and just threw something on and made the bus and everyone gave me a standing ovation, not standing ovation. They clapped for me on the bus. And that was my, <laughs> my, uh, my intro into to Minnesota. And I was with Minnesota for the rest of the season. And that was my first time making playoffs with them. So um, I love the culture there. I love coach Reeves and, and Seal and Fee and they've, they have a, a really great team full of great players. And yeah, that was my bubble season <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, you probably had, I mean, obviously it was crazy, but I would say you would have one of the craziest ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I always said, like, it was crazy because I went from, like, being cut to, like, being kind of, like, 
the hottest free agent in the bubble because <laughs> I was like the only person that was yeah. that was available that didn't have to come, you know, quarantine yeah. and everything. So like once I was free, all the teams were calling me, all calling my agents. So I was I felt really cool there in that moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I just remember just seeing it on Twitter and I was just like, so I'm assuming she's just gonna stay there and then just like someone's just gonna pick her up pretty much. Just pretty much that's what happened. Anyways, you that's funny yeah. that the bus story is pretty funny. <laughs> Um, just going back, um, what, what was your first like memory of just playing basketball? For me, it always goes back to playing and, and practicing with my dad. He's always been like my first coach, my, my favorite coach. He coaches at the University of, of Bakersfield. Um, and he's just paved the way for me and my sister and my siblings, you know, to for this basketball game. And I remember practicing with him in the backyard. And I remember we had this conversation like when I like when I said I wanted to become serious with basketball and he was like all right like you know I'm going to give you the tools that you need you know to become successful and he gave me like these like four pillars of life that I like live by all all the way up until really today um and it was like keep God first you know family school basketball and then you know like the fifth one was kind of like and always listen to me (laughs) and so um, that's like what I've lived by, you know, growing up. Um, and I think that's one of the main reasons that's why I became successful. Cause I always had that foundation in my life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then just going into, uh, high school and things like that. Like, when did, when did you know you were like better than the rest? Yeah. Um, I think I realized it my freshman year, my freshman year of high school, I realized I was pretty good like towards the end of it, like when I was starting to receive like accolades and all these awards and stuff. And I got uh, freshman of the year for California, which is huge. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty good at this game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then what, what was your uh, recruiting process like? Recruiting process is crazy. Um, you know, letters every single day, like mailbox stuff with letters. My mom would come home with like 10, 15 letters every day. Um, teams calling me, um, trying to figure out, you know, who I wanted to go to. And then there was like, it wasn't like how it is today where I'm sorry, I hate what these kids are doing today when they say they got to offer like every day, like got offered by offer by CSUB. Like, it's just, it wasn't like that. (laughs) You know, we kept our our process kind of more private and we just really focused on what we wanted to focus on. And so um, my top three were Stanford, UCLA and UConn and so I went on those three visits and uh, had great visits for all of them went to a big Sean concert for my UCLA <laughs> visit so that was super cool but ultimately um, I decided Stanford was the best college for me just because of the team atmosphere I loved the team and um, the coaches there and of course a Stanford degree is like you can't beat that plus like when I went there uh, Stanford had BSE and we like got to rush the field so <laughs> it was a super cool visit and yeah. uh, that's the reason why I went there. <laughs> well, I gotta ask, what what was your GPA going to, like what to get to get into Stanford? My GPA was a four point two in high school. So you got straight A's. Uh, essentially, yeah. I think I had like one B, but because uh, you know, with AP classes, they're like yeah. weighted differently. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it? What was the B in then? The B was in probably in calculus. Yeah, like math was never my strong suit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Feel, feel you on that. Um, and then how, how was your overall experience at, at Stanford, like on and off the court? Oh, I loved it. I love my experience at Stanford. I mean, I think it's the best university in the world, um, but I'm biased. So, <laughs> but it has an amazing campus, amazing students there. I always love Stanford in terms of the academics and just the student life because 
many people think like that we get treated like athletes get treated like superstars and at Stanford mm-hmm. like we're treated like everybody else like we room with everyone else you room with like non-athletes it's just like a regular ex- college experience and I really appreciated that um and you know I know at a lot of schools but specifically like the SEC like they are treated like superstars <laughs> like they fly private yeah. they've they've got it all down the all of over there and at Stanford, you know, like we're treat like every student and, you know, we're no, you know, special than, you know, other students. And so I really appreciate that. And of course, like your roommate could be like the next Bill Gates, you know, the next genius. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like the learning atmosphere is just so dope. And then of course with basketball, I mean, coach Tara Vanderveer is a genius, you know, on her own. And so the way that she just executes X's and O's and then as she became more comfortable with us like especially in my junior senior year like she became a lot more personable I think like she found the key to success and that's why she won just a national championship this last year yeah for sure and then um just like looking at the stats I'm, I'm assuming you were just like a, a role player your first two years and yeah. your starter your your final two years so what what was that like to just get the chance and then um obviously a great two two years of junior and senior year yeah, you know, my, my first year, it, I was just soaking in the experience. Janae McKay was my senior. Yeah. She was a best player in the nation at that point. And so I was just soaking it all in, like taking in the whole experience. We went to the final four my freshman year. So I couldn't, you know, have dreamed of a better freshman year. And so sophomore year, after she left, it was like the first year after the Agumake era, like where they they had, you know, eight years of an Agumake there. And this was yeah. like, we didn't know like what our identity was my sophomore year and we really struggled. Um, and so that was a big struggle for me. Sophomore year was really tough for me. And so going into junior year, um, just coming off of, you know, I think I had played at a, yeah, I think I played USA um, World University Games and like my confidence just like blew off the roof after I played. I, I did really well in that, that competition. And so going into there, I just knew that I needed to become a better leader, become a better player for my team. And so um, junior senior year I really just blossomed um, and that's all thanks to my teammates and my coaches who who helped me get there yeah for sure and yeah yeah and I saw too that um, you played in the in the U18 world games for the 3x3 which which yeah. is interesting because that was like new it had to be really new then right very new yeah I think the year before it just started so this was yeah. like the second year of three on three so it was a, a very new sport and but it was really fun um, and like I remember our first practices I our initial team was, it was me, um, Alicia Gray, Diamond in the Shields, and Kayla uh, Davis, but um, Alicia ended up getting hurt, so then we brought in Brown and Turner, so it's super cool, because, like, all still doing well in, in basketball, and so um, it was a crazy, <laughs> crazy experience. It was, like, really hard. We mm-hmm. thought the practices were going to be easy, but, like, three-on-three three is so hard. It's so physically demanding because you're always on you there's no rest at all you just are always going and so when we went to I think we went to Spain and we played um it was super cool and I remember we actually uh Diamond and Kayla had fouled out so it was just me and Brianna Turner playing three against two um (laughs) (laughs) it was like an overtime um we ended up losing to China I remember that but we ended up getting to win the whole gold medal at the end but I remember that was like a crazy experience playing three against two we actually did pretty well held our own for what we could do but it was that was a super cool moment is is it crazy to see like that's an olympic sport now yeah it's wild to see you know i never thought it would become as big you know i just thought it was you a kind of a, a sub sport to, to five on five basketball and to see that it's blossomed into an olympic sport and I, soon there's going to be you know like national leagues and all that i, I think yeah. it's super cool 
Yeah, definitely. And then just going into the the WNBA draft 2017, like where where did you see yourself going, and like what what were the like talks about? And then uh, you got drafted in the seventh. I meant the second round, 17th overall. Um, so what what were your feelings like? Uh, initially, I was just I was excited they even invited me to the draft. I didn't think I was going to get invited at all. I was planning on doing something at home, and so I was hyped just going to the draft because uh, my sister, you know, Dewana, she got drafted uh, fifth overall. Um, to Phoenix. And so I was like, man, this is super cool. Like I'm in the same experience as what my sister uh, got to do. And so um, when, you know, got to the draft and it was like, time was ticking and everyone's name was getting called and, you know, starting to get a little nerve wracking, you know, because I, people did project me to go higher than what I went. And so as I went on, like I was the last person to get drafted, you know, after, at the draft. And so um, it was, it felt like forever <laughs> for my yeah. name to get called, but, but when it did, you know, I was so hyped. Like I didn't, I didn't care. Like I was living my dream. I got drafted. I was at the draft. And so, and I went to, um, you know, Indiana where, you know, Tamika Catchings, you know, would just had just finished playing. So I'm like, man, this team is about to be great. And so I, I love my draft experience. You know, of course my time with Indiana, you know, we didn't get to succeed as much as we would like to, but I appreciate every moment that I had with them for sure. Yeah, just just you saying that answer did that like motivate you when when you got, when you expected to go higher? It did, it did for me. Um, you know, I, I kind of gave me you know a chip on the shoulder, you know, to to go harder and to you know to prove to a lot of people, you know, that I am a great basketball player. Um, but of course, draft numbers like really don't mean anything until you get into the league, <laughs> yeah. and then you really get to see what people are about. And so, um, yeah, it definitely gave me some extra motivation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like people from your draft class aren't even in the league now. So that I would say that attests to you still being in the league. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. I didn't even think about that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just adding to your point. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just just going into into the league and things like that. What, what was what would you say, like the biggest difference from like transitioning from college to the pros? I think uh, just the way that you have to think about the game is probably the, the toughest thing. Like you have to like think more and think less at the same time because the WMA is all about reads, um, just knowing where to go, knowing where to be at that at the right moment. And so in college, you're you're definitely more programmed to to what your plays are, to what your 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 team is doing. Um, you know, if pretty much everybody in the WMA runs the same stuff, <laughs> so you have to you know be able to think um, differently and know like read the defense. Uh, differently than what you did in college and so that was definitely tough for me to learn but as time has gone on I've become a lot more comfortable in knowing where my role is on the team and so I think that's why I became so successful um, with Minnesota and with DC. Yeah and then I know uh, your sister Dewana Bonner is also in the league so what, what was it like growing up with her um, just as another basketball player I know she's older like by eight years yeah, yeah. eight years. Yeah, exactly. Eight years. We had the same birthday, so it's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> that's, that's that's also crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> but it was really cool. Um, growing up, we didn't grow up together because Dewana is from Alabama. I'm from Bakersfield. And so she um, stayed out there most, especially as she got older. But uh, when we were younger, she used to come down. And she reminded me of this, like, that we used to have birthday parties together. So I was like, I have no recollection of that because we were so young. But even though she lived in Alabama, I lived in California, like she constantly inspired me. And she's still my inspiration to this day. You know, when I was in high school, seeing my sister like dominate a league, you know, be six woman of the year for three times, win championships. I was there at her first championship. For me to see that 
just inspired me even more to to get to the level where I am today and, and where I am now, you know, seeing how much he's dominated after having twins is incredible for me. Uh, just knowing that, you know, she can continue to thrive and do things even after having birthed and, and going through what she's been through. And so she's my constant inspiration and I, I love her forever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then it, do you call her for advice still to this day? Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, especially when it comes down to big games, when it comes to um, going to a new team, like when all that was happening, even when overseas, like I talked to her about my decisions overseas, like I'm always asking for advice, you know, what should I do, you know, what do you think is the best, who should I talk to, and so we have the same agent, and so that helps out a lot with us, and um, we all have a, a group chat with my dad, my sister, and my agent, and we all, like, always talk about you know, what advice that I should be getting, where should I be going, what should be my next move. And so I, I really love that aspect of it. Yeah, that's awesome. And then what, what was it like? Uh, what's it like playing against her now? And, and what was it like the first time you got to play against her in the pros? Yeah, the first time I was nervous. <laughs> it was, that was our first time ever playing against each other. I mean, we didn't play against each other when we were kids because we were just always, you know, separated. And so my first time playing against her, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, this is my chance to get the show, you know, my sister, what I'm all about. And um, needless to say, I just scored on her uh, after three years of playing against her. I just scored on her this year. <laughs> so shows how done she scored on me several times before that. So it just shows how dominant she is. But I, I, I love the moment. I mean, this is something that I've dreamed of as a little girl playing against my sister in the league. Um, and she's just an amazing player. She continues to inspire me. Even when she scores on me, I'm like, dang, that's my sister. <laughs> yeah. And then what, what advice would you give uh, to a younger athlete uh, trying to, you know, either trying to get like a scholarship, trying to make like a pro league? For me, you know, it's all about having fun, not thinking too much. You know, when I've got in situations where I took the game way too seriously, that's when I struggle the most. And I was constantly worried about my performance and, and how it was going to be better. You know, that just made things 10 times worse for me. And so I encourage, you know, all young players out there just to love the game as you did when you were younger, when you begin to play, you know, continue to love it each and every day. And so it's a blessing to be able to do what you do, to have a scholarship, you know, to get to play in the pros, just continue to love it, continue to have fun. And I, I promise success will come with that. I like that. And um, I know off the off the court, you just started your own podcast too, Bird's Eye View. So, what what inspired you to start a podcast, and and how how has things been going? Yeah, so I had a podcast previously a couple of years ago, and it really didn't. It was just me just kind of getting into the podcast world. I really didn't have much direction, and I was doing literally everything from promotion to editing to doing the content work. So, it was just a lot for me to to do all while I was overseas. So, I took a break for it for a while for about three years. And so, um, but I love, I love listening to podcasts and I, and I did enjoy it when I did was doing it. So I was like, you know, I need to do something that I really know, uh, a, something like a, a subject I really know about. And so I was like, duh, like basketball, overseas basketball, it's not something that's really talked about. Um, and so everywhere I go, everyone's asking me, you know, what's overseas basketball like? What's the food like, the language, the culture? And so I was like, you know, why don't I start a podcast that, you know, answers all these questions? And not just talks about basketball, but the different aspects of what overseas basketball is, overseas basketball experience is. And so that's what my podcast is bringing to everyone. I'm, I'm, I have a couple of episodes already recorded and 
we did one on basketball course and then we have one on relationships um, we'll have one on motherhood we'll have one on faith food um, and so the list goes on but I'm really excited for for everyone to tune in and it's going to be a fun podcast yeah definitely I'm going to check it out uh what what is your overseas experience been like and, and what countries have you played in yeah so I've played in Hungary all four years in the same team which is very rare in the overseas yeah. basketball world um, and so it, Hungary was a beautiful, a beautiful experience for me. The first, my first year, it was tough because you go in and we talk about this on my episode with Sydney Weiss in the first episode, we talk about how, when you come in, like you, you say like, I'm a dominate, <laughs> you know, like I'm an American, I'm about to dominate this team. I'm about to get all the points, all the rebounds. And that's not the situation when you go overseas, you're, you are humbled tremendously I mean it could be for certain players but for many of us you're humble when you go overseas it's it's a different style of play it's different style of mind mindset different style of physicality and so I had to learn that quickly (laughs) and I once again I had to not take myself too seriously and realize that this is a dream this is a beautiful experience I get to do playing overseas basketball and so with that I mean, just love my experience in Hungary. That's why I stayed there for four years. And so it's been super cool. I've I've had a lot of success there. I've won uh, cups there. I've won the regular season titles there. Gone to Euro Cup Final Four. My sister actually played with us um, my last season in Hungary. So that was super cool. That was our first time getting to play with each other. So Hungary's bought me many blessings. Overseas has bought me many blessings. And I hope that when people listen to podcasts, they get to receive those. Yeah. Are you you on over there this year, this season? I am not. So that's like the big crazy thing. Everyone, when they talk to me, like, you're not going back to hunger. You're not going back to sex. Art. I'm like, I know. I just felt like it was time for change. I've been there for a really long time um, and I have nothing but love for them, but I'll be going to Turkey next season. So I'm really excited for that. Beshikas, it's in Istanbul. So it's going to be super cool. I'm ready for a new experience. I kind of going to feel like a rookie all over again because it's a new country, new language, new team, new style of basketball, but I'm excited for the, for the journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, are you ready for some fun questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What, uh, what are three basketball jerseys you don't own that you would want? Ooh, good question. Okay. Um, I would love a Shaquille O'Neal jersey. For well, which, which, team which team <laughs> what team out of the eight teams? <laughs> um, uh, I'd either like a Lakers one or Orlando. Yeah, that's what I was gonna I was gonna say both those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh let's see. Uh I love a Lisa Leslie jersey. I don't have one of those. Uh, I need that in my possession. And ooh, I need a Cheryl Swoops jersey, but a USA one. All right, they got those now. I've seen I've seen they yeah. made the retro ones. I, I don't know if they I don't know if they made the the Lisa Leslie retro ones yet. Yeah, I don't think so. I haven't seen that one, but I've seen the swoops one out there. Yeah. I was like, that's tough. I need that. Uh what what's your uh favorite food? Favorite food. Favorite type of food is Mexican, uh, but favorite food within that category, enchiladas. I love enchiladas. So good. Cheese, just cheese though. No chicken. You, you got to get them in California. You have to get them in California. You have to get <laughs> your Mexican food in California not Tex-Mex, not Arizona Mexican food. I went to New York and was highly disappointed in the Mexican food. So only California where you can get your best Mexican food. Uh, what's your favorite song right now? Favorite song right now. Ooh. It's probably uh, it's a song by Normani and it's called I'm gonna look it up because I should know my favorite song because I listen to it. Every day. I think it's called Wild Ones. 
Wild Side, bam, Wild Side Born by Normani. I've definitely been there where I just like listen to a song, but I have no idea what they're yeah. saying or anything, or like I just know it sounds good and I like it. <laughs> Such a great song, but I can yeah. say, I mean, the music video though is, she's incredible, like an incredible dancer and entertainer. Mm -hmm. So that's the re main reason why I love that song. And then last one, what do you, what do you like to do in your free time? During my free time, especially with like what I like to do to wind down, I love watching reality TV. I'm a reality TV junkie. I'm not ashamed of it. And it's not a guilty pleasure at all. <laughs> I don't feel guilty watching it. But I love, like, I've loved reality TV since I was a little girl. Like, I would watch Flavor of Love when I was, like, eight years old. <laughs> so, that, that was the show. I'm not going to lie. That was my intro to reality <laughs> TV. So as I've gotten older, it's, it's, been, <laughs> it's been super fun. Which, which ones are you watching currently? So right now they have, it's called the Zeus Network. Um, and so it's like prime time reality TV. Like it's super like unedited too. So <laughs> you really get, <laughs> you really get um, the full scope of it. So there's, um, there's a show called One More Chance with, uh, it's actually like a tree of Flavor of Love, which is pretty cool to see. He was on um, I Love New York, which mm -hmm. New York is from Flavor of Love. So he has his own reality TV show on the Zeus Network. And so I've just started that and it is entertaining to say the least. <laughs> did you watch Love is Blind? I did. That is one of my shows as well. Yeah, I did. I, I love Love is Blind. Yeah, yeah, I, love I, wa I watched it and I don't usually like those shows and I like that one. And I was like, why do I like this right now? Did you watch your reunion? uh this i don't know did i i don't know did it, i know they came out with something right after but i think didn't they come out with one recently yeah so they came out with like all the cast members get together for like a party and it's drama no i didn't i did not see that one. <laughs> i did not see that one then i only saw the one like after like maybe like the month after one or whatever they did uh, yeah yeah this yeah. is like a year or two years or yeah. something afterwards yeah yeah, I I was I I remember they were supposed to have another one in Chicago, but I think it never happened because of the pandemic and stuff. Ah, yes. But I yeah. did see another show, but I didn't check it out. And they had like, um, <laughs> like costume masks on, like heads, oh, and they were talking. Yeah. You watch that one too? Is that the mask? The not the mask singer? No, 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 no. It was like a dating one, but they literally had like oh, I like have say like one. a like a unicorn head on or something. And they were talking to each other, like, but they were in person but they had the I, mask. I think I've seen a commercial for that and that's yeah. very enticing. So I will have to look. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, could you let the listeners know uh, where they can follow you at on social media? Perfect. Thank you. You guys can follow me on Instagram at birds, the word underscore 24. You can follow my podcast at birds. dot podcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter where I'm fun and more unedited, <laughs> you can follow me at Eric McCall 24.